So I am excited, super excited, to be with you guys today. My name is Abdi, and I serve here as the lead pastor of the Dural Vineyard. And um, man, I am excited to share this word that I think is so important to share with you today. If you have your Bibles, I am going to invite you to open them up to the book of Philippians chapter 3. If you have physical Bible or if you have to click, click, click to find an electronic, your phone or your tablet, feel free to find that. If you don't have any or don't want to look, it's okay. Everything that we share today will be up on the big screens behind me. You can just follow up there. Um, but today we're, we're continuing our series called The Nuclear Option. And so what we just believe is that sometimes in our lives we have to just blow some things up. I don't know if it's like the pyromaniac in me, but I just love to think about blowing things up. But sometimes in our lives we just have to blow things up and start all over again. There's some things that we just have to do, and, and sometimes we just have to do that. So before we dive into today's message, let me tell you about next week. Next week, I, I have this message that is very, very heavy on my heart, and we're going to be talking about compassion. And what we're going to talk about is how and why discover why we as a society, as a culture, are less compassionate than we ever have. We're going to talk about that next week, so I hope you'll make plans to be here next week. I'm really excited because God calls us to something higher, and I can't wait to share with you next week about this message on compassion. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about authenticity. Authenticity. And, 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 and I've titled our time together, Unearth, because we're going to need a, like a proverbial shovel today. Okay, because in our, in our series called Nuclear Option, what we're doing is we're, we're, we're saying that there's some things we have to blow up. And so today we're going to have to blow up some things as well in our lives. And after we blow it up, we're going to need a shovel and start digging through everything left and dig deep and find the real you. See, we're talking about authenticity today. We're talking about how do we get into authenticity. So we're going to, I've been praying, and I believe God wants to do some excavating today in your heart. There's some buried treasure inside of you that God wants to use. And I believe the Holy Spirit is inviting us into authenticity. And it's a spirit-empowered authenticity that many of us have never experienced before. And because so many of us are not okay with who we really are. We've been programmed in our culture to what I call cake on the fake. Cake on, we just use all this cover-up, right, to, to pretend that we're something and, and we don't show our true selves. And so what we portray is actually an inaccurate reflection of who we really are. And what we're concerned about is acceptance. We're concerned about, we, we, we see, we see, we just, but we bought into this lie of the enemy that if we can appear good enough, if we can play the game long enough, if we can play along in the game, then we'll be approved to be accepted. But we've worked so hard on getting accepted and approved that, that we've lost ourselves. Can I hear somebody say yes? 
And so not only have we lost ourselves, we've lost who we really are. We don't even know who we are. And so what we want to do today is first, we want to push the proverbial red button, that nuclear option, push the red button and blow everything up and then grab this shovel and dig down deep and find out who we really are, all right? Are you guys hearing me today? And then, so, so I, 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 I want to show you today in God's Word, in Philippians chapter 3, we're talking about authenticity, the real you. How many of you know it is time to be authentic? That's what we're talking about. And so how do we be authentic? We're, we've got a lot of surface relationships in today's day and age, right? With Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Periscope and Snapchat, right? We're in this society when everything is to show your best and cover up the rest, right? That's not what God is calling us to do. God wants us to unearth who we are and return to authenticity, and so what we want to do is we want to, we, we want, we, we, we want, what we're trying to do is we're, we're trying to help you understand that you can't airbrush everything, right? We, we don't want you to get into a conversation with someone that looks at your picture and says, brah, but you done airbrush yourself so much on this thing, man, on this picture. This doesn't even look, who is this? This ain't even you anymore. I, don't, I can't even, I can't even understand. I can't even see who this is. This, this is a you? Because we done airbrush everything we have and, and we've lost who we really are. And so what happens is that we're not okay with who we really are. And we're trying to get acceptance and approval. And the question is, who are we trying to get approval from? Because here's the truth. The more we work on getting approval, the more difficult it is to be authentic. All right, let me say that again. The more work we do on getting approval, the more we try to get approval, the more difficult it is to be authentic. And you can write that down if you want. You can take a picture of the big screen behind me. It's going to come up that truth in just a moment. And last week, we talked about how to have meaningful and, and meaningful friendships and relationships. And we're talking about, we, we talked about showing up. We talked about being all there. And for those of you that were here, and, and the next step in having meaningful friendships and relationships is that you got to be authentic. And some of you are here, you say, oh, but Pastor Abdi, you know, you, you want me to show up, right? That's what you said last week, you want me to show up, you know, but, but I'm so afraid to show up and meet people face to face. Why? Because I don't know what to say. I, I, I don't know how to act. I feel so awkward. I don't know how to, you know, open up. And, and I've, I've, I've had conversations with people and I asked them, you know, well, is there anybody that you, that you share your life with? Is there anybody that knows the real you? Well, no. Well, well is there anybody that you share, you know, the deepest parts of your life with? No, not really. Well, well, why? why? Why don't you share? Well, I don't really know how to open up. And, and then the deeper thing is they say, well, and really, I'm afraid that if I do open up, that people are not going to like me. They're not going to like what they see. And so, I, listen, I, I stood up a few weeks ago, and I shared with us, if you've been part of our church, I shared with us how um, a, a secret that I've been holding most of my life. 
I shared with you guys how I am legally blind. I'm le- I, I came up here and I shared with you some of my deep, darkest secrets. I don't know if you remember. If you were here, you, you can catch the podcast, unfortunately. It's, it's live online. But I shared my secrets with you. I shared about uh, you know, some of the weaknesses that I have. And not only weaknesses, but something that was really hard to share about how I am legally blind. Do you guys know how hard that was for me to share? I never wanted anybody to know. All my life, I wanted to always cover that up. But I felt like, you know, I needed to do this if we're going to take steps as a church to be an authentic church that you have to know that what you see here at DV is what you get. There's no veneer that covers us up. And, and that's true, that we're always filtered when we're always showing our best side. We may impress some people. They might be impressed, but we're not connecting. And the difference is this, and don't miss this, that we connect with people through our weaknesses. You see, we may impress people with our strengths, but we connect with people through our weaknesses. And you've done this before, I'm sure. You've met somebody and you're like, wow, that person is so perfect. I can't stand them. They're so perfect, I don't like them, right? They're, they're, then you, go to, you get to know them a little bit and you realize, oh, they have this wrong with them. And oh, they have this wrong with them. And suddenly you're like, I like that person. I changed my mind I because they're real, because we can connect through weaknesses, and so often we're trying to impress the world with, here's the me that I want you to see. Here's the me, and yet we're longing for something more because we may impress people with our strengths, but we connect with people through our weaknesses. So if you're taking notes, the first step in being authentic is to, and I wrote this down, quit airbrushing. Quit airbrushing. We need to stop airbrushing our lives. God doesn't call you to elevate yourself. God calls you to die to yourself. Look at what Paul says in the book of Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. It says, I once thought these things were valuable, but now, everybody say, but now. I can't hear you. But now, I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. See, in this passage, even Paul hit the proverbial red button. He hit the nuclear option on the person that he was working so hard to be. See, he was airbrushing himself, trying to elevate himself to get approval because he thought, well, you know, that's how you do it. That's how you get approval, right? But God says, you don't have to strive anymore. You don't have to do that when you're my child. When you realize what Christ has done, you let that go. Everyone say, quit airbrushing. Look at your neighbor and say, don't elevate yourself. God's going to do it. And this even applies in our relationship with God, right? Right? And let me tell you, if we can get this right, that'll help us. If we can get this relationship with God right, that actually will help us get the relationship with others right. And it works 
vice versa. If we can get the relationship with others right, we can get the relationship with God right. We talked here, uh, maybe last year, we talked about what Jesus said was the greatest commandment was to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then to end, he said, the greatest commandment and is to love your neighbor as yourself. Two in one, to love God and to love others. So they are connected. If you get this right, you're going to get this right. If you get this right, you're going to get this right. And so many times in our relationship with God, we don't have it right. We don't have it right. And since we're on the subject of our relationship with God, you know, so many of us, we have these airbrushed relationships with God. So Paul is saying in this passage in chapter 3 of Philippians, Paul says in the fourth verse, he says, though I could have confidence in my own effort, if anyone could, indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. I have even more. So many people out there, they're trying to get God's approval. Man, if there's anyone that has done it right for God's approval, Paul's saying, it is me. I've got it by the book. I've been playing that game longer than you have. Look at the fifth verse. Paul starts talking about how he thought he was a good, how thought he was in good standing with God based on his external credentials. He says there in verse five, I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew, if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. Look at verse 6. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, what? He says, I obeyed the law without fault. And what Paul is saying here in the scripture is all of these external things, look, I done did that. Those things that you would think would make you right with God, I had all that. I did it. I had it very well done. And then, and then, and then, and then, I came into the knowledge of Christ. I came into the knowledge of Jesus Christ, and I realized that all that outside stuff wasn't getting the job done. It wasn't until I encountered Jesus, I met Jesus one-on-one, face-to-face, authentically, and that's when everything changed. Some of us, we're airbrushing our lives even with God, and we're airbrushing our lives with others. We're trying to portray something that we're not. And we've learned and become very skilled at how to filter our lives. And we show other people the me that we want you and others to see. And it's in our nature to do this. By nature, we are insecure. And we don't feel good about ourselves. And so when we sin, rather than confessing our sin, can somebody say yes? As the first response by nature, we tend to hide and filter our lives. And you can see this even back in the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, they sinned against God. And they didn't say, oh God, I'm sorry, I messed up, I should have done better. No, what did they do? When they sinned, what did they do? They hid themselves and they clothed themselves. They put on some air filter, right? They put on some, some filtered, some, some stuff, right? They airbrushed themselves with some fig leaves so you wouldn't see that they were naked and that they were ashamed. And we all do this in so many, so many different ways. And you have to know that it was important to me. 
you have to know this, to me that nobody really know that I have a problem with my vision, with how bad my vision was. I had gone through enough teasing and ostracizing and bullying in my life that I had been conditioned to know how people would respond to when I share, you know, when I shared this early on, how people would respond, and I was afraid of what people are going to think if they knew I was blind. But during the course of this year, God began dealing with me about this, and he was asking me, Abdi, do you really want to help people? And I was like, God, you know I do. He goes, well, you got to let them in. You got to show them who you are. You got to let them, they need to see you. And so with God's help, I've been trying to do that. And I want to ask you, what are you hiding that people need to see? What image are you trying to portray in your life that maybe you're not really? And I can see it in some of your faces today. Some of you, you don't like this message. Who does he think he is? You know, I can't use makeup anymore. Is that what he's saying? I can't wear high heels anymore. It's not what I'm saying, right? That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about an attitude. I'm talking about, come on, I'm talking about an attitude where you are afraid for people to see you because you're not sure if they're going to be okay with who you actually are. I got one amen. I see some other people are like getting up out of their chair. Okay, this is not for me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Walking out. All right. In Miami, we're like infamous for this, aren't we? Listen, I knew people in Miami. <laughs> I knew people in Miami who they had this huge house in a beautiful neighborhood, huge house. And you knew where they lived and you drove by their house and they're like, wow, these people, they're doing well. But don't go inside. Don't you dare go inside their house. Because if you got to go inside their house and they weren't expecting you, you know what you would find? The house was completely empty. I mean, no TV, no bed. These people were sleeping on the floor. There was nothing inside of their house. But whenever they wanted to invite people over and they knew people were coming, Miami is, is notorious for this. They set people up. They have companies here in Miami that you just call them up and you just say, fill my house up. They bring the kitchenware, the plates, they bring the TV, they bring the furniture. The, it looks like you've been living there all this. And then what do they do the next day after the party? Move it all out. That's what they do in Miami. And let's drill, drill down a little deeper in our lives. Right? When we want to portray that we're successful as people, what do we do? We drive around that nice vehicle, right? That's one of the biggest things for me when I first moved to Miami I had to get used to is the Lamborghinis and the Maseratis and the McLarens and the Mercedes-Benzes driving up and down the road. I'm like, what in the world? And they're portraying something that they really are not because if you dig a little bit deeper what will you find that they're overworked that they're lonely that they don't know how, they don't have any friends that they don't they don't know how to deal with life that their 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 world is upside down but they portray like they got it all together today we want to blow that up today we're talking about authenticity we're talking about that because you've worked so hard for approval that it's become difficult to be authentic. Someone recently was telling me about a coworker of theirs who, who everybody else who works with them knows 
that they're putting on this facade, this filter, because all they do is put everybody else down and talk about how good they are. And everybody else knows this person is so insecure. They're so insecure, but he's the only one that doesn't know. He just puts everybody else down and talks about how good he is. And, you know, let's not go too far. It is a great tragedy when you go to church and you can't come in authentically with who you really are. Hello? Hoping that people will receive you. Let me tell you something. When you come to DV, you are among friends. You're among family. And it doesn't matter what you're walking through, what you're struggling with. You are loved and accepted by our Heavenly Father. And no matter, ha- no matter and what anybody has, if anybody has anything to say to you, come and talk to me and I'll straighten them out, all right? But this is a problem. When we're like, how you doing? Oh, I'm fine. How you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Everything's good. I'm good. I'm good. Everything is good. But we know deep down inside, everything is not fine. All right? How's your relationship with God going? Oh, it's great. The, real, the reality is that there are parts of your life that you haven't let anybody in in decades. You haven't let anybody know how you're doing. You got this facade, this filter going on. You're playing the part. You're playing the role. You're play acting. You know what Jesus called that in the New Testament? Hypocrisy. And some people are so used to showing the fake self that they don't even know who the real self is anymore. Because, you know, I'm this person for this group of people, and I'm this person for this group of people, and I'm this person for this group of people, but I don't know who I am. Suddenly we're just living for the approval of others. Do you like the me that I want you to see? Do you think my kids are good enough? And all this time we're living for approval and longing for for love. Because until we show who we really are, until we know and are fully known, we'll always be longing for something more. Can somebody say yes? When we have these false images that frame our perception of life and reality, we need to blow it up. Can somebody say yes? And then we got to dig out that image of God first created in you. And you find that by being ushered into God's presence of the one who made us in his image. If I was created and you were created in the image and in the likeness of God, then it needs to be to give us confidence and a peace and an internal settling that even if other people don't celebrate us, They don't particularly like us. They don't particularly care for us. They don't particularly like our brand of individuality. You know what? That's all right. That's all right for you because you didn't create me. Can somebody say yes? See, you're not getting your approval from others. You're getting it from his love. It's good, you guys. You are no longer living for the approval of people, but you're living from the approval of God. You recognize, you know what? I am acceptable to God. Through Jesus, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Christ is sufficient. He is my all in all. And when I realize who he is, all that I have, suddenly I realize that Jesus is, You know, I realize he's all I need and I don't need approval from someone else because I've got approval from him. He's dwelling within me and that same spirit that raised Christ from the grave, my identity is not in who likes me or or who doesn't like me. My identity is in who I am following and I am following the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you don't care for me, well, guess what? I suggest that you talk to the one who does care for me, right? 
I'm not going to live my life. I'm not going to serve, you know, the Lord with the gifts that he gave me. I'm not going to apologize for it, right? I, I don't look like you. I don't dress like you. I don't speak like you. Each one of us has individual gifts. It's the great tapestry and the mosaic of who God has created us is called the family of God and the body of Christ and every single individual has gifts that are necessary and essential for this full scope of of the God's glory to be revealed and so how are we to be authentic number one is what quit air brushing quit air brushing number two is to cut your losses Cut your losses. Let's read what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. Paul, in the scripture in Philippians, says something so profound, you guys. He says, everything I've gained is nothing. All the approval that I was so hard looking for, I worked so hard to get, all that approval from everybody else I see now, I never needed it. I'm just going to let it loose. Why? Because now I see what I really need what really I should be living for, what really matters, and what is that, you guys? What is it? Number three, if you're taking notes, is to know Christ. But Pastor Abdi, are you saying that the only way to truly be authentic is to know Christ? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Look at what Paul says in verse 10. It says, I want to know him, that I may know him. I've lost everything And it's okay that I've lost everything because I want to know him. And not only do I want to know him, I want to be known by him. You see that vulnerability that Paul is is speaking of. And this is a very scary place because this is a level of authenticity, a level of authenticity that many of us, you know, we've never engaged in before. And if we're honest, most of our relationships are very surfacey right? How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. All right, good to see you. Bye. That's all we go. And we ask people how they're doing. What would happen if they really told us how they're feeling, right? How you doing? And you're like, struggling. My marriage is a mess. And I want to slap my kids, but it's not 1983 anymore, and I'll go to jail for that. And I want to drink all that liquor in that cabinet, but I'm a Christian now and I'm saved. But never mind that. How are you doing? You're like, uh, I don't know what to do with that now. <laughs> I, I, I thought you were a Wait, you're my pastor. How can you be talking like that? Right? See, being authentic is scary because we live in a culture that celebrates heroes. These superhuman Avengers. We love our heroes. The problem with our culture is that the same people that we elevate, the moment that they show us a bit of weakness, their humanity, their authenticity, what do we want to do? We want to nail them on a cross and crucify them, right? We put them on pedestals only to tear them down. Well, we'll look at that. I cannot believe the audacity. They're just such a mess. I am so ashamed of them. 
But Paul says, you know what? I don't care what people think of me. I don't care what that, what that puts me in front of or who that doesn't put me in front of. I just want to know Christ. And I believe I'm in a church full of people that just want to know Christ. Can you say yes? If you just want to know Christ, can you just wave at me right here? Just wave at me. I just want to know Christ. I just want to know Jesus. That's who we want to know. God, we just want to know you. Doesn't matter what people think about us. We just love you, God. And this scripture, when Paul says that I may know him, he's speaking here from the Greek word that is gnosko. Sounds like the Spanish word Conosco, very similar and very different at the same time. Let me tell you what this word means. It means to learn to know, to come to know, to get a knowledge of, to perceive, to feel, to become known, to understand, and to have knowledge of. Watch this. It's also the Jewish idiom for sexual intimacy between a man and a woman. And what Paul is saying here is this, and let me make it very clear to you. The Jewish interpretation of this is not carnal in nature, right? This is holy, it is sacred. And unfortunately, our westernized culture, we've, we've altered it, but it was created by God as an expression of intimacy between a husband and a wife. But it's been perverted by people who did not create it. And so what I want to do is I want to give it back to God because in this scripture, what Paul is saying is that this is the closest thing to physical intimacy between a husband and a wife. And I want that level of intimacy. I want that level of authenticity between me and my heavenly father. And I want to know him. I want a sacred, holy, intimate exchange where I am known and I am knowing and I am learning and I am authentic and I am unashamed. Can somebody say yes? And so knowing Christ helps me to truly be authentic because it connects me to who God made me to be originally. Not all this other stuff that I try to be. Not all this other stuff that I add to it, right? Not that, that I try to get to get approval. It digs deep into who he created me to be. Those seeds of greatness that God put in my DNA. And religion will never get you there, you guys. Will never get you that, to that feeling. Relationship, this level of intimacy, this gnosko, this word that says, not only do I want to see him, I want him to see me. In fact, I know he's already seen me. And can I tell you, while you were here, for those of you who are wondering if God loves you because of something that you're struggling with, can I just please tell you, he already knows. He sees it. And he is so in love with you. He's just glad you're here. He's glad you made it right? He's got a plan for your life, and it is beyond your current circumstances, your current issues and limitations, your current pain, your current fears, your current insecurities, your current misgivings. They are no match for the love of God. Can somebody say yes? The eternal love of God found through Jesus Christ. And if you're here today, then there's something in your spirit that says, God has a word for me. And I want to hear what God has to say. And so don't let shame 
cause you to miss the sound of healing and restoration and forgiveness that is available to you. He already knows you. Does God want to know somebody like me? He already knows you. He knew you before you even got here. What does Jeremiah say? Before you were formed in your mother's womb, what does he say? I knew you. And some of you are like, well, can God use me? Will he use me? I've done so many wrong things. Let me just help you understand this. You are called. You are chosen. You are a royal priesthood. You are holy. You are set apart. Are you hearing me today? Come on, help a brother out here. There is nothing that a man can do to take you and uproot you and pluck you out of God's hand, the living God. It's time for us not to have this external relationship, but to have an internal and authentic relationship with God. Would you holler at your boy? Somebody say, I. Somebody say, on earth. There are too many surface Christians. They stop at the general place of salvation, right? Have you given your life to Jesus? Yeah, I believe that Jesus is in my heart. He's my Lord, therefore I'm saved. Now, nothing has to change. Can I tell you that nothing could be further? That's not biblically correct because when you encounter Jesus, everything changes. Well, tell me, if you would, how Jesus, he picked these 12 disciples and only one of those 12 You know, one hung himself, but then there was another one added later. Only one of the 12 lived to the end of his life. Every other one of them, because they knew Jesus, they decided to give and lay their lives down and die horrible, atrocious deaths that even the most horrible movies that you've ever seen don't even come close Tell me how they did this because they knew and they wanted to know their Savior. They wanted to be known by their Savior. This is the power of authenticity. When Jesus gets a hold of you and you know him and you start getting weird a little bit, right? You don't care what people think about you. Paul said, I want to be as intimate with God as I can. I want to know Christ. I want to experience the power that raised him from the dead. I want to know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. That's weird. Fellowship of his sufferings. I I don't want to just know him in the good times. I want to know him in the hard times when it's not good. That's a level of intimacy and maturity that comes with walking with Jesus that we don't often grow in in easy times. You guys know that, right? We don't grow in easy times. We grow when, it's, when, when it's, it's, it's difficult. Maturity is cultivated in the difficult times. You think about people who truly, you know, authentically had an encounter with God and it changed them, but it wasn't easy. You think about Jacob, right? Jacob, he had to wrestle all night and God touched the, the, the socket of his hip And for the rest of his life, he walked with a a limp in his life. And and that's the nature of it. When you get touched by God, you, you stop cheating and you stop lying and you have this limp and you limp into your destiny. But that's how you are now. Moses, he met God at the burning bush. But he spent 40 years in the desert. But the Bible says Moses knew God face to face. You see, it wasn't easy. It was hard times. 
I, I, you know, but you say to God, you know, God, God said to Moses, I am. I am whatever you need me to be. Look at Moses. I mean, Abraham. Abraham, he had a difficult time with his son. And, and God said, I want you to know me as, as Jireh. I want you to know me as Jireh. These are not names that God gave himself. This was names that people gave because they knew God. They knew God this way. They had encountered God. And something inside of you just leaps up and says, you know, I, I want to know you for myself. I'm no longer living for the approval of people, but for the glory of God. Because we're not called to, to elevate ourselves but to die to ourselves and follow Jesus and know Jesus, to give him glory in all that we do. And that's how we become truly authentic in this world. And it's time to turn to the Lord and know God. Would you bow your heads and let me pray with us to, and pray with you. And as you bow your heads, what you're doing is you're just, this is a simple way to connect with God and, and block out distractions. And as you're reflecting in prayer today, God, we just pray that your presence, that you would give us the power to turn to you and to know you. And as you're reflecting in prayer, you, you recognize many of you today that you've got an, on a filter. You've got on a veil. And I would argue that every single one of us, because of our sin nature, in one way or another, at some time or another, we do this. And the Spirit of God is speaking to you. And you're longing for, for your identity to be in him, to turn to the Lord and to have that veil, that filter removed. And our theme today is authenticity. And if you want true authenticity from Christ, your identity is in him and in him alone. You want him to remove that veil that you can be truly who he created you to be, loving and being loved as you really are. And if that's you today, would you just simply stand with me right now? Just stand up. And by standing up, you're saying, yeah, God is speaking to me about this. And I'm just going to pray, Father, thank you so much that where your spirit is, there is freedom. And God, so many have been in bondage for so long for the shallowness of appearance. And in Spanish, it's called apariencia. And God, we thank you that you've got a life much deeper and much meaningful, much more meaningful than that. That our identity is not in the approval of others, but our identity comes from the approval of your son, Jesus. And God, help us to turn to you. And I don't know what that means for different people, but in whatever way to turn to you. And when we turn to you, God, trusting you will remove that filter Trusting that you'll, we'll, we'll be able to quit airbrushing. Where, where the Spirit of the Lord is, God, we thank you that there is liberty, that there is freedom, and we step in today into that by faith. And as we keep praying today, some of you, you recognize that all your life's about is playing the role. Here's who I am. Here's who I think you want me to be. 
I have to tell you, that's like my biography, right? Growing up, I was so skilled. Hey, I am this person in front of my, my street friends, and I'm this guy. And uh, when my, I'm with my smart friends, I'm, I'm this guy. And when I'm with the girls, I'm this guy. And when I'm with my parents, I know they're watching, I'm this guy. And when I'm around church people, okay, now I'm this guy. And I trade so hard to be whoever everyone else wanted me to be that I didn't even know who I was. And it was only when I realized that my sin nature was leading me to do things that broke the heart of God, that hurt people. And it was when I turned to God at the bottom, in the middle of my pain, and I turned to the Lord, and I didn't even really know how to pray. But I prayed the best I could. And I'm going to tell you what, He removed the veil. He removed that filter. He forgave my sins and he made me new. And some of you, that's why you're here today. And you know it. You know it. It's time to turn away from yourself. You know it. It's time to turn away from your sinfulness. You know it. And it's time to turn to him. And when you do, when you call on him, he will forgive every sin you've ever, ever made. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and there is forgiveness and that's why you're here today and those of you who say you know what that's me i need his forgiveness that's me i need his grace that's me i am tired of living for others today by faith i surrender to him i don't want to be self-centered i want to be jesus-centered i trust him to save me i trust him to forgive me and so today, by, fi- by faith, I give my life to Him. I turn to the Lord. I surrender. If that's your prayer today, I'm going to invite you to lift your hands high with me right now. You say, yes, that is my prayer. Leave your hands up if you will. I just want to see you. I see these hands. I see one, two, three, four, five. God bless you guys. Six in the back, seven, eight, nine, ten. I see those hands over here in this section. I see the one or two. God bless you guys. You can put your hands down. Yes, God, we love you. Others of you today, you're a little bit afraid what somebody's going to think, and you're going to say, you know what? I don't care anymore. I just surrender to Jesus. Lift your hands high right now. One, two, three. Just lift up. I see those hands. God bless you guys. Thank you. God bless you. You can put them down. I'm going to invite you to pray aloud with me. Everybody pray together. Just pray, Heavenly Father, today I'm turning to you. I'm trusting you that you will remove the veil You'll remove the the filter of sin. I believe, Jesus, you died for me. And you rose again so I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit today so I can know you, so I can serve you, so I can follow you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. DV, would you worship big? Would you get loud?
Would you give praise to God and would you welcome those born into the family?